Poso maoni work, wai wanen kitanen ni mo e yoski pietaya posnotaman e yum MITW podcast. A yospis pietaya posnapi notaman and he sikimaka e yoso matnamene hokihi. Welcome to the Menominee Indian Tribal Wisconsin podcast. I'm your host, Sheena Wapoos. On this episode, I am joined by Vaughn Bowles, Public Information Officer for the Menominee Indian Tribe of Wisconsin. Welcome, Vaughn. Hey there. So um, we are going to go through some questions like we normally do. Uh, however, uh, before that, we're going to go through kind of uh, basic instructions for how enrolled members uh, can receive the uh, vaccine incentive, which is $500. So uh, your first uh, step is obviously going to be getting vaccinated. So deadline for the incentive program is at the end of October. Um, so in order to be vaccinated in time to meet that deadline, you're going to have to either get it by 10-1 if you get the Moderna vaccine, 10-8 if you get the Pfizer vaccine, and 10-29 if you get the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. So after you are fully vaccinated, then uh, you can start signing up for the application. So how you're going to do that is going to the tribal website at www.menominee-nsn.gov. And then on the top menu, you'll see a uh, option that says enrolled members and then uh, click member login. From there, you're going to either sign up uh, for an account or log in. Uh, if you've already created one inside that members page, you're going to see a link down at the bottom uh, for the vaccine incentive portal. Uh, there's going to be a form for you to fill out and uh, towards the end, there'll be a spot for you to upload uh, documentation uh, that you're fully vaccinated. So there's a couple of options that you can uh, have to for what you want to uh, upload. The first is your immunization record from the state of Wisconsin, and there is a link right in the form for you to uh, find that out and download it very easily. Um, the other option is to uh, get it from your healthcare provider. And uh, if you've been vaccinated by the Menominee Tribal Clinic or ThetaCare, then you can access that by going to My Theta Care and um, signing up for an account and you can download uh, your medical record from there. Uh, so once you have that uploaded, you just submit it. And I think the, I think it's a 10 day wait period at least until you uh, receive your check. If you're trying to fill out this application for an enrolled minor, uh, then you can sign in as yourself uh, first as the parent or guardian and then once you get to the form, you can fill out that form as if you were the minor. Um, and lastly, if you, this is just a way too complicated process for you and you're not somebody who's tech savvy and you just kind of need help in person, there's a couple places uh, in the community that you can go to to actually get uh, help in person and they'll help walk you through that process. So uh, the first place is CMN at the Kashina campus, the Community Resource Center also in Kashina, and then Aging and Long-Term Care, and then the Food Distribution Site. 
Um, so I hope that didn't bore you to death. <laughs> but um, now we'll get into the questions. Uh, so Vaughn, we've talked about boosters a lot before. This past week, we saw some news uh, announced about them from the CDC. Can you go over what that was about? Sure, just kind of a, a high-level overview. Um, the FDA approved um, the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines to receive a, a booster, so it'd be a third shot. Um, and that's really just to prevent people from contracting the Delta variant, other variants that are floating around, um, that the vaccine wasn't specifically made to target originally or to protect from. Um, and they, they also made the... Um, clarification that the booster is really only for individuals that particularly are immunocompromised. Um, anyone that you know may have had some sort of organ transplant or um, might be on some sort of cancer treatment medication, those things that, that would downregulate their regular immune response, those are the people that are, that are saying they should get a booster for. Um, they released a whole host of uh, medications that you could be on that might make you immunocompromised, I can't say the majority of them, that's part of the reason I'm not a doctor today, but <laughs> we can release a list of, of some of those medications that are more common uh, if you want to check to see if you might fall into that list. So for tribal members that uh, are interested in looking into whether they'd be eligible for this, how would they go about doing that? Uh, they could check with their healthcare provider uh, to see if they might be one of the individuals eligible eligible for one of these types of vaccinations. Um, most of the people that are in this situation are, are fairly aware of it. It's usually mm -hmm. pretty you know, long conversation you have with your doctor. Right. Um, so It's not something you wouldn't be sure about. Right, yeah. right. Most people are, are pretty aware of their health situation when they fall into that category. Sure. Um, so can are we, we kind of seem like we're inching closer and closer to... Uh, boosters for everybody is that something that we can expect sometime soon you know that is it's completely possible um you know especially if supply can keep up with demand um mm -hmm. you know if fda and the cdc do approve boosters for everyone um most likely it'll roll out the way it did um across the country where we started with you know the elderly initially um focused on bolstering their immunity um, helping the immunocompromised like they already are trying to doing, and then, you know, working in a descending age back down towards, uh, you know, youth. Sure. Um, so can you talk about uh, the rise in case numbers that we've had here in the community in the last couple of weeks? You know, I, I can't share a lot of the specifics about, you know, cases and stuff due to HIPAA, um, but they've mainly been um, family clusters where, there was someone that was exposed, um, typically out in public, um, contracted the virus, brought it home, and because they're all in close confines, um, instead of just having one COVID case like you would, you know, in some other county, we have, you know, six pop up uh, all at the same time. And also because of how small our population is, it really makes it look like our um our cases of COVID are, are flying through the roof because it's done on a, a per capita type of basis. So um, we have had a couple breakthrough infections that we know of. Um, individuals that have had those uh, infections attribute, you know, the vaccine to keeping their family safe, um, but also decreasing a lot of the symptoms that they experienced during their illness. So, um, you know, Delta variants here, 
COVID's here. Um, and like we've been saying, just make good choices when you're out in public, social distance, mask wash, wash hands like crazy. So you kind of went into that a little bit, um, but you know, now that we're having more breakthrough cases, um, can you just explain what the benefit is of getting vaccinated still, even if you do have a breakthrough infection? Yeah, the, the major reason to, to get vaccinated prior to an initial exposure to COVID is because it primes your adaptive and your, it primes both halves of your immune system. You have one that's um, considered adaptive, one that's considered memory. Um, and if you get, uh, if the virus does enter your body and you have um, memory, uh, it responds significantly quicker. So your immune system responds in hours to fighting off this virus, sometimes minutes rather than days. And so what that does is it just decreases the amount of virus um, that's generated before you know your body works to eliminate it. And so it can significantly decrease the amount of virus um, load you have, um, which means it could significantly decrease the amount of uh, symptoms you experience. Um, it can even bring it to the point where uh, you're either asymptomatic or you don't have a detectable level of the infection. So um, it's definitely helpful, and we definitely recommend it for everyone that's age-appropriate. I did see that um, there was quite a bit coming out about the the number of cases that are hospitalized for vaccinated people versus unvaccinated people. So it's kind of like, you know, you may still get a breakthrough infection, but you're not going to get to that critical level, most right. likely. And they've, it's it's they've, less likely, a yeah, lot less likely. And they've been seeing that if you're vaccinated, um, I wish I had the, uh, the image up right now in front of me. It's great. If you get vaccinated, you're about... I was about three times less likely to get infected and if you're vaccinated, three times less likely to go to the hospital and, you know, significantly, um, you have a significantly decreased duration of illness too. So it's, it's worth it overall. Okay. Um, so with the rise in cases that we were experiencing right now, is that affecting the tribe's plans at all for school this fall? I am seeing a lot of uh, news <laughs> about other schools that have already closed, things like that, um, because of uh, outbreaks. You know, I know our, our as as far as I know at this point, which could be subject to change, um, the school districts in our community are planning on doing in person, um, but we'll be following you know masking protocol. Um, physical distancing, cleaning the buildings. Um, they also have protocols in place to resume remote learning if needed. Um, but in if you do have school-aged children, you'll definitely want to check your school's specific websites to see what kind of protocols they have in place and, and you know what they'll be doing as far as days on, days off, hours of operation, things like that. Okay, and then my last question, um, is it true that the Delta variant is affecting more children than the wild strain? You know, um, not really. I was looking at the CDC data on, on this this morning, and um, if you're looking at ages, you know, 0 to 17, um, that age group typically makes only between like 1 to 3% of all active cases. Um, 
but really has been fairly consistent with you know wild type alpha beta delta variants and stuff it really hasn't gone past that if you look at the subsection of ages 5 to 17 they'll kind of break it down a little bit more um, there has been a slight increase in in that age group for number of cases but it's you know one to two percent of all of the cases in the state so it's it's not like it's hitting kids harder or that we're having more of those cases right now so that's kind of a positive note on that sure uh, so Vaughn do you have any last message for people for the week uh, stay healthy everyone make good choices when you're out in public uh, especially if you know you're gonna be around large groups of people I know a lot of people are tired of hearing about COVID and so they're they're just kind of a little lax now and so if you want to stay healthy um, you know be cautious keep yourself healthy thank you Vaughn you bet thanks for having me in YWANN for listening to the Menominee Indian Tribe of Wisconsin podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can also listen to the podcast on menominee-nsn.gov under the community tab. Keep up to date by following us on Facebook at MITW Podcast. I do weekly updates with Vaughn and welcome any community questions you have regarding COVID-19, so please send those to me via email at podcast at mitw.org.